This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to talk about damnation. Damnation. Big, scary word. Yeah. So, and new thought in general, religious science, which is the one that I was trained in, don't really go over that to a great degree, but we know what you're talking about. But frame it in for us, because damnation in some other traditions is real important. It is. So in all fairness to myself and anybody who knows me, I have to be honest, hellfire and brimstone was never a part (laughs) of my teaching or preaching or anything like that. So, And I did come against huge criticism for that, but I stayed away from those kind of things. And that'll come up later in the conversation as we talk. But I particularly wanted to talk about it today because it's that time of the year when people are reevaluating their thinking. And sometimes we're in a contemplative place. It's always not in our favor. We don't always think positively. You know, it's so easy to think of what I did wrong, what I should have done better. And then here comes the new year. And, you know, if I don't get better, I'm going to be screwed. And this is the reason why my life is screwed up because all of it. Now I can talk about that because I know how the mind works with that. And not just the mind, but our teaching, what's in our subconscious been in there. And the least little thing that goes wrong, it's because of some horrible sin or something that I did before. And so before lands me into depression now, but the thought of what that's going to mean for me in the future and after death, it's a horrible thought place to be, particularly at this time of year. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. And hopefully in our discussion, I'll be able to share why it never really was a thing dealt with or believed in. Well, seeing where you are on your path now, I can understand exactly why the hellfire and brimstone thing wasn't resonating before, because the pieces don't connect together all that well. So the idea of damnation is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is very much an outsider's understanding of this is that we in our human lives or in a previous human life or whenever it has been, have done something to displease God and we're now being punished for that. And no matter what we do, we're not going to get out of it. Is that that kind of hit? Yeah, that kind of hits, except for that's the reason why it didn't work for me because there's karma, right? And so you think, well, I'm not going to get out of this, but it's not personal. And I mean, karma is another conversation, but 
It's not personal. It's not like I did this, so this is going to happen to me. Because then you can look at the person next to you and say, you know, listen, what I did isn't as bad as what they did. And then that goes down a whole nother thing, you know, and then if you're- Oh, yeah. To, then you're into judgment. Oh, for real. And- Who's to say? It never ends because if you're in church, you look down this way in the pew, you look down that way in the pew, and then you know, you know, well, where do I fall in this whole damnation thing? And it's just a mess. But here's where it fell apart for me. I didn't know new thought. I had no knowledge, no formal knowledge of it or anything. But to me, there was a common sense factor that was at play that I wrestled with. You tell me that God is good and that God loves me and that everything works out for my good and blah, 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 all of that good stuff on a good Sunday. But because I make a mistake or do something that is, you know, not the best judgment, not the best use of my judgment, et cetera, however you want to put it, this wonderful loving God who loved me so much all of a sudden turns into terrible, angry God with punishment on God's mind that is equal to my offense. And it's like two different, you know, so then how do you trust a God like that? When I'm simply a frail human, the edges were just too raggedy. And then you tell me that this God is inside me, you know, and we're one, <laughs> but then this is what's happening. It's just no wonder that, and I say this with all the respect that I can muster. I really mean this with all due respect. I can understand in some ways why people end their lives because you can be in such despair if you think that even God doesn't love you and you just like screwed it up beyond the level or the point of God's love for you. There's a whole lot of straightening out that needs to happen or the God you're hanging out with is not the right God because it just doesn't match. I'm using words like that, you know, hanging out and stuff like that. And maybe that sounds disrespectful. I hope it doesn't. But I'm really trying to drive the point home, you know. This got to make sense or there's no trust involved as far as I'm concerned. Well, we're just going to take the topic to planet Earth because it's the only one we have direct experience with. Although there's a lot of planets out there and there's a lot of galaxies out there. So there is quite conceivably a lot more intelligence and perspective out there. But we're going to confine ourselves to planet Earth because I don't want to get into extraterrestrials and all the rest of that stuff this time. On planet Earth, currently about 8 billion people, and there are some major religions. There's Christianity and Judaism, which came out of, there's Islam, there's Hinduism and Buddhism and a bunch of others. And if we go by the notion that they all have which is that the people who are following their particular religion are the ones who are on the righteous path and everybody else is damned. Does that mean that my God is fighting with somebody else's God? Or am I implying that God has a concern over which of those paths or none of them or a different one, like I am, that I'm following? So you have to make the better part of 8 billion people wrong in order to be right, that the path that I'm on is the only path. And furthermore, for the people who got it wrong, who got the different answer, they're automatically being punished. Really? That just does not seem <laughs> like the sort of thing that this is an infinite creative power. This is an infinite intelligence that knows how to like 
create quantum physics, not understand quantum physics, actually made quantum physics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's a level of knowledge and expertise and understanding that's going on there. The thought that this infinite power, this limitless intelligence, this divine presence is going to insist that we believe something that is not made clear to us in any particular tangible, unquestionable way, that we have to believe in a particular way or we're damned. Come on. Well, okay. <laughs> Come so, on. Yeah, well, all right. We're laughing because it's funny when you think about it, but it's not funny when you're on the receiving end, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. I have been on the receiving end, okay? Real seriously on the receiving end. And I didn't think, like you talked about God being infinite creative power and quantum physics and all of that. Let me tell you, I wasn't thinking about any of that. I, The God, I was thinking of was real simple. Loves me, likes me. Right. That's what you said. Made in God's image, all of that real kindergarten level understanding that I had. I mean, I was a grown adult, trust me, but real kindergarten understanding of God. And so I'm not going to say a bad word, but I did like up here, right? Mm -hmm. Here was my question. When I got ganged, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, like mobbed with all of this. I took it for a long, long time. And then it hit me. How the hell you know? Mm -hmm. How do you know this? I mean, you're the ones that told me about this other side of God. And then suddenly, because I didn't do what you liked, the God changed. How do you know? <laughs> and who put you in charge of deciding? Like, how you know? That was it for me. That's all I needed. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You don't how do you know? know. Yeah. How do you know? Did God tell you? Okay. How come God bypassed me and went to you? I mean, it's just real simple, right? I don't get it. Don't ask that question. Why did God bypass me and go to you? Because people will come up with all kinds of reasons why they are the anointed one, why they're the person in charge and they're the person who should be able to say, and obviously there's something wrong with Carol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then it's game on. No, you know what? I win this one every time. Well, yeah, this is you refuse to lose. Yeah. It's not a win-lose. Is anybody here? Jesus said, let the one without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's start over again. <laughs> you know, like, where is the starting point? If the starting point is something that Jesus said, we could go into all the differences about that, but what's our starting point? If we're all messed up, how is it that you get up and throw the stone at me? Okay, hold up. I'm getting a stone. <laughs> it's gonna, is that cool with you? Okay. It's going to be a holy war. There you go. Now the conversation goes a different way. Usually stops. Well, Jesus came teaching love. And I mean, when I boiled down the teaching of Jesus, he came teaching love and tolerance and sitting down with the lepers and healing the people who were otherwise in, infirm or incapable. But his entire ministry was about love. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of detail. And he was you know, some upsetting the tables of the money changers and things when he got a little miffed about what's going on. But he was about love. And we have this term that gets bandied about which is unconditional love. So do we believe there's such a thing as unconditional love? And, or is that just aspirational? Now, I know in my greatest experiences where I'm as loving as I could possibly be, there's some element where I can get annoyed or become less than that unconditional love. 
the object of my unconditional love can annoy me. <laughs> then it's not unconditional. No, 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 no. You still love. You can be annoyed and still love, right? Yeah. Sure you can. Unconditional love means no matter what happens, the love continues. No matter what happens. So it's my contention that God is love and God is unconditional love. And that's kind of the whole idea when I start talking about practical prayer or I start talking about the creative process. I go back to the creation story. And it doesn't have to be my creation story, anybody's creation story, because we can all trace ourselves back to that time when there was only God, there was only the creator. Even if the creator was the Big Bang, this impossibly dense singularity that has been expanding and exploding for 14.2 billion years, everything came from the one. You know, let there be light. All the light came from God, from the one. That sharing of self is the ultimate act of creativity, and that is the ultimate act of love. Everything that exists is God taking form in a specific and particular way. So that is love itself. Because in order to not love its creation, God would have to disavow its creation. It's all God. It cannot have come from any place else. So the thought that there's going to be this piece of God that grows and evolves and unfolds and reveals itself, and then God says, I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm cutting you out of the will. Your divine inheritance is off. First of all, that goes against the nature of the story that we started with. And second of all, to think that we, in a universe that's 14.2 billion light years across, can do something so outrageous that it'll turn around that infinite love, that unconditional love, and put an end to it, is unrealistic, arrogant. Big of an opinion do I have to have of myself to think that I am going to piss God off enough that I'm going to go from being blessed to being damned. Come on. <laughs> I can see that. I remember the first time you said that and I just cracked up because I thought, yeah, that's pretty arrogant. Here's another thought. We have different scales for what's good and what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. You know, So there's this evaluation thing that one, and I'll use the word sin, sin for those who are listening, understand things that way. One sin is this is bad and this one is worse and it's the other thing. But then on another page in the Bible, it says all sin is the same right? Sin is sin. So then what does that mean? Well, we have to have a way to make one person or one group better than another. And I thought about it one day. I said, now all have sin or we know that page, all have sinned, come short of the glory of God, right? Everybody's a mess. So <laughs> I'm only a mess today because I don't know what your mess is. And you get to hold the rod over me and I'm getting you know, beat and I'm so hurt I can't think, then I don't know what your crap is. But I bet you one thing, if people knew your crap, you know, the one who's being judgmental and mean, see, God doesn't even get in this, in my opinion, in many ways. It's how we treat one another. Oh, yeah. So if I knew your crap, you would be so quick to raise your hand against me. Mm -hmm. So I find a lot of times is that people are doing that because their little stuff is not known. And then it becomes known and then the story is different. Bypass all that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we've all got crap with us. We've all messed up. We've all messed up because that's life. Things happen. Stuff happens. Doesn't make me any worse or you any worse. And I like to say to people, lean on me till you catch your breath. I can do that for you. But that takes a lot for someone to even believe that somebody else would reach out to them in that way. 
So now we go back to God. Isn't that not the love of God? Isn't that what God would do? Yeah. Well, I think there was that story about turning the other cheek. You know, somebody strikes you and you hit them back, then suddenly you're in a fight. And it's two people or two armies trying to duke it out on the level of experience. And if what you do is turn the other cheek and you say, this is about you, you know, I'm not engaging with that level of energy. And if you're going to demonstrate yourself to be the sort of person who wants to beat me, like it's going to make you better, then you got to deal with yourself. It's not about the person who's getting hit. It's about the person who's doing the hitting. And that's where the ideas of damnation come from. We know when we close our eyes, when we've made a mistake, we've done something in error that we wish in hindsight we had not done. Even if nobody else knows about it, we know about it. Sure. Yes. Okay. Well, that's the damnation. That's not God. That is our own awareness and moral compass saying, yeah, this, this is not who you are. Mm -hmm. You did not come to slap Jesus again. <laughs> you came to do something different. And we get to learn. We get to learn from our experience and we get to choose differently. So is it better to go through life completely innocent and not having had any huge pitfalls or to get into a really tough situation of our own making, whether it's criminal activity or drugs or alcohol abuse or something else where it just life goes sideways and becomes unworkable. And then we have to work out a program to get ourselves back into that place of stability and equilibrium and peace. Is it better to never tip over and come back up or to be able to make it through that challenge? Who am I to say? You know, I think most of us would choose not to go through the hard times if we don't have to. But what you were getting at without saying it is Christ consciousness. That's where we want to reach the level of Christ consciousness, the best that we can be, our best and highest self, putting it in what I call like layman's terms, the best and highest self. And when I fall short of that, you said that's damnation. And I agree with you. It is, whether you know it or not. I feel it. And I don't want to be that way. You know, I've made many, many decisions that changed my life just on that thought alone. And there's probably more ahead. Not looking forward to them necessarily, but that's my compass. That's my plumb line. You know, I want to be my best self. I'm trying to reach a level of Christ consciousness every day. That's the goal. Your opinion or judgment of me is so small in terms of matter. I really <laughs> You know, if I could get just get you to understand, uh, even me. Well, yeah, you don't do it that way. Damn right, even me. Well, I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> so, a friend of mine is recovering from the flu, and I asked this morning how you feel, and she says like crap. I said, how about compared to yesterday? She says better. I said, well, there's something to be optimistic about, and you know, currently that not working. So it's like great news. There's nothing to miss. It's about the perspective and how we look at it. Now, I'm not going to say that, that somebody who hasn't been through an ordeal and recovered from it is not as good as somebody who has. There's a blessing in being able to go through without being tarnished interior world. But I can't say that one is better than the other. Everybody goes through something. You know, everybody has their Absolutely. It's just and, different and, levels of something. But, you know, what is big to you may not be that big to somebody else, you know, but when I'm going through it, it's my thing. It's big. Mm -hmm. And if there's somebody else over there in the referee's chair deciding, well, yours is big enough that it's damnation and hers is not. <laughs> it's like, it's so arbitrary. Yeah, listen, I ain't going over there with that. You know, as soon as people go to that, I'm thinking, mm -mm. 
The thinking here has stopped. I'm big on that. If you're going to think, let's just not change the rules halfway through the game. Amen. Let's take a break. And after that, I want to talk about the corollary of damnation, which I think might be judgment. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. I got caught taking a a mint out. So... Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking about damnation and judgment. And I think that those are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is damned, they're either laying that on themselves, woe is me, in which case it's self-judgment, or somebody else is telling them that there is damnation going on for whatever fire and brimstone lacking way that they've been acting. There's judgment going on. And there's somebody who's saying, I am going to be the arbiter. And it can be an inside job. We can do it to ourselves, or we can let somebody on the outside do that to us. But the important part is let somebody do that. Because when we remember the truth, when we remember that there is a bright light of God's love that shines through all of creation, by extension, it must be shining through me, through everyone right now. And it is when I lose sight of that, when I judge somebody and say they are not the bright light of God's love, they are just a schmo who took my parking space, then I'm in judgment. And if it was big enough, then I can say that they are damned, that there's damnation either upon them or headed upon them or on its way right now, because in my judgment, they deserve it. It's a two-way thing. Like The work starts inside of me. Mm -hmm. So I start with, first of all, there's no damnation. Okay. It's just you did stupid, in my opinion. <laughs> Which you can document pretty effectively, by yeah, the way. Well, you did stupid. And, you know, on the next breath, I'm thinking or saying, you know, and I did stupid too. You just don't know. Or, you know, it's been a couple months ago, but I remember when I did stupid. So it kind of just, what is this judgment thing? It just doesn't play out because it comes back to us individually somehow, no matter how you look at it it comes back. And so when you think about it as owning it for yourself as well, the judgment, that's cause for pause, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in that pause, you've got to change. Your mind has got to change because you evaluate or you define exactly what judgment is. What is damnation? I send that out. It comes back to me. Well, maybe, you know, I need to rethink this thing. It's worth the effort because otherwise, 
particularly in this time of year, and I guess that's why I'm thinking about it so much, it affects people so, so much in such awful ways. You know, there's so many people that are alone now, can't think their way out of it, Mm -hmm. or they're in a crowd of people or family all around and they can't think their way out of it. How we treat other people, our attitudes with them, help them come out of it sometimes without even talking. Yeah, but being present for somebody else, really hearing them and really seeing them, a lot of times can be the biggest gift that we can offer up. You know, somebody comes with a problem and our immediate instinct is to help them solve the problem. And when we do that, we are joining them in focusing on the problem instead of understanding that they're a bright light of divine love with a problem. Mm-hmm. And we can engage with them as the bright light of love that they are, just be present with them. And to remember that for them and with them, oh, by the way, there might be some insight or wisdom or next steps that come along as far as the problem or the issue or the challenge is concerned. But just being able to meet people as the light of love that they are feels huge when somebody does it for you. And it is really uplifting when we do it with other people. And that's so not like what most people are taught to do. There's a problem, let's solve the problem. I used to be a problem solver until I realized that in order to be a problem solver, what I really needed was problems. And I kept attracting problems to solve. I got away from wanting to be a troubleshooter. It lessened up a lot of the tumult and pressure in my life. I think something you were saying earlier about seeing people as the bright light of love, and you share that with somebody. Now, that's not the normal way people think of themselves. Nope. But the really cool thing is when you introduce that thought to somebody, it causes them a moment to think. I mean, there's always that freeze frame moment for just there. And it's a new idea. It's something to contrast what they've already been thinking about. And if you hook right in there, sometimes that's enough, you know, to keep a person from going any further into the dark place that they are. You know, maybe you can't pull the person out, but just giving them that specific truth that you mentioned. You are the bright light of God's love. Did I get it the way you said it? That's, I say it that way. Sometimes I say divine love. Usually when I think that the person is going to have an allergic reaction to the word God. Okay. You know, some people don't like God. Some people don't like the word prayer. This is the wrong podcast for you, <laughs> if that's the case. We do our best to cover it all, though, don't we? Yeah. We try. Yeah. And what's really entertaining is when somebody tries to push away from that. You know, when I say, well, there's only love. There's only God's divine love. And everything is that love expressed in some way. So you are a bright light of God's divine love. And they say, no, I'm not. And it's like, okay, all right, now you're having an argument with me. So if you're not that, what are you? Mm -hmm. You know, just so much chopped liver sitting over there and there's no light and there's no love. I mean, it's not possible. It's a nice conversation to have because we win. (laughs) (laughs) Always. We can actually keep the conversation on track. That's true. There's not a good answer or there's not a good argument to that. Yeah. I mean, even if we don't win the moment, I know if a person walks away, I still win because the seed has been planted. That truth cannot be denied. And I also believe that spirit will do things to help prove it to them as time goes forward. I mean, that's the way I see it because God is and always, always love is in operation. And if you leave me, with a misunderstanding, love is going to catch up with you. Love is with you. And that which I said, that truth, you know, I don't have to win on the spot because I win anyway. I know it. It's true. So, well, yeah, truth has that way of working. 
Yes. Is that, yeah, if something's true, somebody can only resist so long by disbelieving it or insisting it or arguing or pushing away from it. It's still going to be true. And at some point that gets to come back around. Let's take another break and then we will talk some more about damnation and do a prayer for whatever the opposite of that is. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This discussion on damnation has been amazing. Damnation, yeah. We're going to do the pivot. That's one of my favorite P's, about pivoting away from damnation. And we're going to open ourselves up to blessing. Would that be the opposite of damnation, do you think? I think that's good. Is there another word? Is there something grander or bigger? I don't think so. I think that's good right now. Okay. And I also like the notion of sweetness and richness, so which are wonderful qualities and don't have anything quantitative about them. So this will be a prayer on the blessings that are at hand, an invitation for richness and sweetness to flow into our lives more fully and more joyously than we had anticipated before, to be able to turn away from any idea of judgment or damnation and open ourselves up to the good, capital G, good, which is different for everybody. So we turn our attention away from the details and the specifics in the world around us and open ourselves to the awareness of that divine power and presence, the infinite, the creative power that has created everything. Some people call it God, others call it nature or spirit or birthing mama or the big bang. So whatever it was that has been here since before the beginning of time that has been and continues to share itself as its creation. If we follow the model of evolution, everything has been evolving and unfolding since the moment of the Big Bang, expanding into this manifest universe 14.2 billion light years across. Or in the beginning, there was darkness and void, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and there is light, and that light continues to shine, and it continues to unfold and reveal itself in new and different ways. Everything is a divine blessing unfolding in a richer and sweeter and deeper and more relevant way. And that everything includes me. It includes each one who is listening to this prayer now. Each one of us, a divine and perfect expression of God's infinite good, a bright light of that infinite love shining in our own unique and special way. So just by our very nature, we are blessed, each individually and all together. We are blessed to be part of this infinite creative power, to have access to this infinite intelligence, to be this divine substance 
revealed in particular form in the ways that we are. All of our experiences are that infinite good unfolding and revealed in a different way. And I know that that creative process that has been going on since the very beginning of time continues to unfold, continues to operate. And more and more and more of this richness and sweetness comes into being. So I invite those experiences that are going to be uplifting and inspiring and joyous and wonderful and rich and sweet for each of us. And I turn away from anything that's not like that. Invite in the good, invite in the blessing, and to know without any question whatsoever that this good is unfolding. We are blessed right here and right now and at every moment. And I'm so, so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the wonderful way that this law is already responding to this intention. I'm grateful for the blessings that are unfolding. And I'm grateful for the sweetness and the richness that's showing up in each of our lives, in a way that's particular to each of us. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that has created everything. And I know it is now creating this. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.